0: This is the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Tuesday, November 9th of 2021, Day 9 of National Podcast Post Month, NAPOD POMO. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, here to practice the art, the craft, and the sport of podcasting. Well, as always, it's good to be here living the dream, doing what David Hooper calls making podcast sausage, doing those things we need to do to get better at being a podcast host. We read, we respond. We speak extemporaneously, doing the reps, building the muscles, making podcast sausage. You can find out more about me and this show over at dailypodcastpractice.com. Today is National Scrapple Day. Not Scrabble, the word game, but Scrapple, the food, S-C-R-A-P-P-L-E. I have lived more than 68 years, and I've never heard of this food, Scrapple. At least I don't think I have. Reading from nationaltoday.com, Scrapple, also known by the Pennsylvania Dutch name Ponhaus, P-O-N-H-A-U-S, two words, which translates literally to pan hare or pan-rabbit, is said to have been invented by German colonists who settled near Philadelphia and Chester County, Pennsylvania. As a result, you'll find Scrapple as a regional favorite around the mid-Atlantic area. I spent eight years of my childhood in Pennsylvania, and I just don't recall hearing about Scrapple. Of course, I might have heard about it and just don't remember. That's that's a for-sure possibility. It apparently was created so that hungry, hard-working, prudent, rural immigrants could make use of all manner of foodstuffs. Scrapple originally consisted of a mixture of pork scraps, offal, Hmm, offal, I think, is just everything that's left over, I think. I'll look that up later. And other trimmings, (laughs) trimmings, boiled with bones attached to make a broth, then simmered with cornmeal, wheat flour, or sometimes buckwheat flour, onions, and spices like sage and thyme. The eventual loaf is then sliced and pan-fried as if it was a patty. Hmm, okay. It was a dish born from a perspective of not wanting to see anything go to waste. While today's Scrapple, available primarily in grocery stores in the mid-Atlantic region of the United States of America, it adheres to different standards using FDA-approved animal anatomy, it is still a tasty tradition popularly served alongside sunny-side up eggs mm, and toast or in sandwiches. With the current trend in lighter, healthier eating, Scrapple is also known to be made with turkey instead of the original pork. I don't see a big difference there. Or with beef, for a different flavor entirely. Scrapple is also appearing more frequently on the menus of heritage-based restaurants in Brooklyn, New York, and beyond the Mid-Atlantic area. Heritage-Based Restaurants now, that's a new new term to me. Well, scrapple sounds kind of tasty, especially if you deep fry it. I'm sure that we could coat it with some heavier breading here in the South, serve it up with some sweet tea, and just make a feast out of it. Yeah, sounds good. Well, except for that offal part. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Heck, we could probably even make it out of chicken here in the South. Okay, enough scrapple. Let's go to a birthday today. Let's see who was born on this day so that we can pick on them. Born on this day in 1906, somewhere in Germany, the German rocket engineer and then later the American rocket engineer, Arthur Louis Hugo Rudolf. Herr Rudolf was a leader in developing the V-2 rocket for Nazi Germany. After World War II, the United States government's Office of Strategic Services, OSS, the forerunner of the CIA, I believe, brought him to the United States as part of the clandestine Operation Paperclip, where he became one of the main developers of the United States space program. He worked within the United States Army and NASA, where he managed the development of several systems, including the Pershing missile and the Saturn V moon rocket. In 1984, the United States government investigated him for war crimes, and he agreed to renounce his United States citizenship and leave the United States of America in return for not being prosecuted. And from what I can tell of that arrangement, he got a raw deal. But I digress. Arthur died on the first day of January 1996 in Hamburg, Germany. Well, Arthur... Happy birthday. I don't know that you and I will meet on the other side. Maybe maybe we will, but I just I don't see that happening so much. By the way, Operation Paperclip, which brought him over here to the United States of America, was a secret intelligence program in which more than 1600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were taken from former Nazi Germany to the United States for government employment after the end of World War II. And there's a book about this. Annie Jacobson wrote a book on this called Operation Paperclip, The Secret Intelligence Program That Brought Nazi Scientists to America. And here's the description from Amazon. Quote, in the chaos following World War II, the United States government faced many difficult decisions, including what to do with the Third Reich's scientific minds. These were the brains behind the Nazis' once indomitable war machine. So began Operation Paperclip, a decades-long covert project to bring Hitler's scientists and their families to the United States. Many of these men were accused of war crimes, and others had stood trial at Nuremberg. One was convicted of mass murder and slavery. They were also directly responsible for major advances in rocketry, medical treatments, and the United States space program. Was Operation Paperclip a moral outrage, or did it help America win the Cold War? Drawing on exclusive interviews with dozens of paperclip family members, colleagues, and interrogators, and with access to German archival documents, including previously unseen papers made available by direct descendants of the Third Reich's ranking members, files obtained through the Freedom of Information Act and dossiers discovered in government archives and at Harvard University, Annie Jacobson follows more than a dozen German scientists through their post-war lives and into a startling, complex, nefarious, and jealously guarded government secret of the 20th century. In this definitive, controversial look at one of America's most strategic and disturbing government programs, Jacobson shows just how dark government can get in the name of national security. Well, doesn't that sound interesting? Nearly as interesting as finding an abandoned sailing ship at sea with all the sailors gone and the lifeboat missing, but other than that, everything looking amiss. Could it be that aliens were involved in Operation Paperclip? Could it? Now, the write-up in Amazon doesn't say anything about that. And looking at all of Annie's books, she doesn't talk about uh, aliens. So yeah, maybe they didn't have a hand in this, but you never know. You, you just never know. And that is all for today. Let's wrap this one up in this old World War II army poncho that I happen to have here, and then we'll stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.